Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome to the show. It is another edition of the Chords and Courts podcast. It is your host, Sean Cavanaugh. We're here doing a something a little bit different today, a new side series I might want to start called Song Stories, where we get some maybe people from the athletic world or the music world to talk about um, an album that really meant a lot to them and just go track by track, dissect it. Obviously not a groundbreaking idea. You've seen this on other podcasts before, but I'm going to bring in two of my best friends, two guys who I love talking to music with, two guys who know how to break it down better than most other people in my life. And we're going to go track by track on Kanye West's newest, some say masterpiece or newest flop. We'll talk about that as we go along. But so we're going to go track by track through Donda. So first, let me bring in my boys, Harrison. How's it going out there in France? Yeah, bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. It's uh, my second time on this podcast. Happy to happy to be back on here, especially with, uh, with the, the next guest you're about to unveil. Yeah, so we got Harrison Chow on one end, and then over back stateside, making his debut voyage on the podcast, my other boy, Luke Akinshala. Hey, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you for uh, getting the pronoun- or correct Niger. pronunciation of my, my last name. That is Nigerian for, for those listening uh, out there. But uh, yeah, man, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, so I'm excited. Let's just jump right into it. We'll go track by track, because obviously it's a very, very long album. It'll kind of handle itself doesn't need an explanation and then at the end we'll get your overall thoughts on it so let's start first song get right into it Donda chant not really a song just kind of the intro one of these typical Kanye West things um with Selena Johnson just you know saying his mom's name over and over again who I didn't realize was actually the singer on All Falls Down so that was a nice little connection back to old Kanye West but here it just kind of sets up the intro don't really have to talk about it too much it goes right into the first song of Jail now, we can set an over-under, if you're counting at home, of how many times I might say this might be my favorite song, because it's maybe set at like three and a half. But I'll start right here. This might be my favorite song in the entire album. I just think the, uh, the hook is so catchy, even though it's the same line three times, and he just changes it at the end. And you have Mike Dean on the guitars, just kind of gives you that dark, twisted fantasy type of Kanye era. Um, there's a couple lines in there, but I think it's really just the catchy hook, the chorus. I just kept singing it after the first three listens of the album. This was a chorus. I just kept singing over and over and over. So I just want to get your thoughts on that, guys, first. Harrison, you can go. Just kind of what era do you think this fits in for Kanye West? What's that sound? And what do you think, like, the best parts of this song were for you? Because I know you and I have been throwing back this hook a lot. Yeah, definitely. You know, I feel like even before we started about this, uh, started talking about this album, you got to preface it with like the fact that he was able to unveil it through three listening events and how, you know, the song has just changed over time. Like from the first listening event, I remember that was the last song that he had played and hearing Jay-Z's voice out of nowhere was awesome. I mean, granted we all know Yang and Jay-Z have had some beef over the past couple of years some ups and downs uh, between the two of them. Obviously they had an amazing album together with Wash the Throne. They did an amazing tour and the two of them are obviously at the apex of that industry in terms of creating the culture, creating the sound. So 
to be able to hear the two of them together was amazing, but it was a little nerve wracking for me personally when during that third listening event, he had the uh, baby on uh, instead of Jay's verse. And so when I was initially listening to the album, I wasn't expecting Jay-Z to be on there um, just because I thought Kanye had just pulled some kind of stunt and had taken him off. But to be able to hear Jay-Z on there with Kanye just brought back a lot of good memories. Uh, there was a rumor circulating that apparently it was a last minute thing that Jay-Z even was able to hop on the verse. So it only took him like 30 minutes to an hour to write that out, go in and record it. And so just goes to show how great, you know, the two have chemistry together. And, uh, you know, hopefully in the future, who knows, maybe we can get Wash the Throne too. One yeah, day. He did throw that line in there. Like this might be the return of the throne, which just gave me chills when I heard it. Luke, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Harrison. Uh, mainly, like, speaking of, like, just the fact that, like, he recorded it and, yeah, sent over that track really, really quick. I think uh, Young Guru, his uh, engineer, said, like, he, like, I think, like, a few weeks after the first or second uh, listening parties, he said he, he sent that over. So just, like, again, the mastermind uh, that Jay-Z is with, like, being able to, like, record a track not even like write his lyrics down so basically just like formulate like whatever he's going to say like in his head and then just like boom um send it over is just like yeah that's why he's the goat uh to be real but uh yeah I, I was a fan might be definitely one of my favorite songs on the album for sure um and uh yeah like I'm it's going to be a recurring theme with me just like yo like Kanye like <laughs> as far as like him being like having like other artists featured um yeah like just him getting out bar to be real or outperform um but uh yeah i think like jay-z at this point of his career definitely like has you know a formula that he's able to um you know put together hits different pockets and uh he rarely miss uh or he rarely misses i should say when he's um you know featured on track so uh yeah, I, I I was a fan of this uh this track too. Yeah, so what do we think of Jay's verse? Because I mean, I love the line, you know, made him in, in the image of God. That's a selfie. Like that's just next level classic braggadocious. You know, watch the throne era of these two. But obviously, Kanye verse is pretty solid too. There's, I think, my favorite bar in this is when Kanye goes like, "You made a decision. That's your bad. Single life ain't so bad, but we ain't finna go there." Because I mean, it's just you just feel that. Like anybody's felt that feeling before of that classic breakup of oh. They made a decision. That's your fault. You kind of just talk yourself up a little bit like, no, no, that's their loss. It's kind of a coping mechanism. And you're like, yeah, single life isn't so bad. And then he adds that like, but we ain't finna go there, which is so cool because it's Kanye and everyone knows his relationship. Everyone knows he's talking about Kim. And just that little line has probably caused so many headlines. I'm sure people in U.S. Weekly have written stupid articles on just little bars like that, where he's just making a vague reference to something that's so pop culturally massive. And he's like, eh, but I'm not going to talk about that. But he kind of already just did. So I was just kind of thinking, like, which verse do you think was better? Because like, you were talking about Luke, like, who outdid who? Did you like Jay's verse? What do you think of it compared to how Jay can usually be? Because I think my favorite bar was in Kanye's verse, which surprised me. I mean, for me personally, just whenever Jay-Z speaks, I feel like he has such a grand feeling about him. I mean, this is a guy that has been able to accomplish so much in his life and literally came from the streets and became a billionaire. And I feel like with that status and with that reputation, 
all of his words really carry a lot of weight to it. And so everything that he says, I believe it doesn't even have to be the craziest bar. It could just be him just explaining his, his life. And from that point, you know, a very small portion of the population in the world can even relate to that status, to that level, to that feeling of ambition and, and grandeur. Um, and so definitely on this first track, I would have to say, I have to agree with Luke, you know, I think Jay-Z outbarred Kanye. Um, I don't think Kanye has ever been like the greatest lyricist. Don't get me wrong. The man can spit if he really wants to. Um, but I think for Kanye in terms of Jay, Kanye has always been the artist that has been great at creating a feeling uh, and to be able to create uh, something that is out of the normal. Um, whereas Jay-Z is obviously just a lyrical master. I mean, if you look at his time in New York when he was going up with uh, Jada and Fat Joe and all these other artists, uh, Puff, they were all just at really small venue concerts back in the day and just straight up spitting and, and doing ciphers. So um, I got to give to Jay for this one. That's, that's well said. I, I agree with you. And uh, yeah, Kanye has had like a reputation of not necessarily writing all of his rhymes. So I, I don't I don't think it's like, you know, an expectation that, you know, for us to be like, yo, like Kanye is really like just, you know, spit just straight fire. Like that's that's kind of unrealistic, especially like at this stage of his career. Definitely known as I don't like using the term producer rapper, uh, but like, you know, he came into like the industry with Rockefeller, like known as a producer. Um, and like there's stories of like, you know, him like rapping in front of Jay-Z and Jay-Z's like fouling his fingernails and like on his phone, like flip flown, probably like a Motorola back in the day. The razor. Uh, so like, yeah, exactly. So like completely uninterested. Um, but like apparently like Kanye being Kanye working really hard and um, has you know, um, I think he has established himself as like a, a decent rapper. Uh, but, you know, um, I would guess for most of these songs uh, on this album, like he's probably he probably had like, you know, a few different artists or whatnot write his rhymes for him. But um, yeah, like Jay Albardum on this track, um, Jay's always been somebody that's, you know, he like you said, Harrison, like whatever he's rapping about is true like the cars that are in his music video he owns you know what i'm saying like the houses that you know he shoots his videos at he's he owns you know what i'm saying like jay has that reputation as well so um yeah that 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 just carries you know uh, uh, a large weight uh kind of like what you were alluding to harrison so uh i'll definitely have to give that nod to jay yeah and one more thing one more thing too actually i, I was at the louvre today and when I was walking through the museum, I totally remembered that when he had the project with Beyonce, the Carters, they shut down the entire Louvre to shoot a music video there. So he was in front of all these amazing pieces of art and statues. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, only Jay and Beyonce would be able to do something like that. They right. were able to shut down the Louvre right. and shoot a music video. I wonder how much also, that costs. Yeah, underrated album, too. I feel like... Um, yeah, it didn't album, get its that, love. It, it did it. Yeah, we didn't give it its flowers. Um, yeah, that, that that was hard. All right, so we'll compare his verse to another verse down the road later on this album. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. But let's jump to the next track, God Breathe. Um, it's another classic Kanye's use of uh, repetition where he's just 
comes up with one line and just goes over and over and over to the point where you're like, this is a simple, dumb line. And then just kind of catches on. And you're like, yeah, this is, this is fire. Even though he's just repeating the same thing over and over. Um, so what were your thoughts on this one? This is the first appearance by Bori, who's I think the most featured artist on this entire album, surprisingly. Uh, he's probably going to be and definitely up and coming star after this. Uh, Kanye's verse is pretty solid in this one. I think my favorite part of this song is just kind of the production of it. The Obviously the lyrics and stuff, like I said, are pretty repetitive. There's nothing super creative going on. This isn't Kanye's classic wordplay. It's more so just the production behind it. Maybe a little bit of Yeezus era where it's just those sustained synths and kind of an aggressive in-your-face production. So I'll let Harrison go first because I know this is one that I keep getting voice memos from you of just God breathed on this. I know God <laughs> breathed on this. Listen, I, okay, so recently I've just been going back into the Yeezus catalog and listening to all of those songs, the distorted 808s. It, this song just really reminded me of something that would be on that album. And I got to give a shout out to, to Bori. He absolutely has killed every feature on the album. And I have been listening to the song a lot, but I will say as great as Kanye is, sometimes he kind of falls into this habit of overindulgence. And so while I've really enjoyed listening to the song, the more that I listen to it, it's also a really long song, especially the outro where you just have like the chorus, just, you know, chanting in the back for like two and a half minutes straight. Um, Kanye's had a reputation of doing that on a lot of the songs for better or for worse, you know, with runaway, he had a three minute, outro uh there's a lot of other songs where it seems to go on because at the end of the day like when you're listening to a kanye album you're on his time and so <laughs> he's dictating your emotions and how you feel and he obviously wants you to be in that moment um but again i agree with you sean i think the song is just the production on it is fire and uh i was working out to it and running to it and it's just something good. It pumps you up and, and you really do feel like with the Christian themes in this one, you're like, wow, God, God has my back. You know, God, God is breathing on me, um, giving me life. So, which I, I, one more thing that I want to go into obviously is like the thematics of this album. I know we'll go track by track, but obviously Kanye is at a point in his life right now where Christianity and God and his family are at the top of his priority. And so, it's it's really uh, interesting to see the juxtaposition between this and Jesus is King, um, mm -hmm. talking about both Christian thematics and how obviously with with this whole album, um, he's still able to put out a record that I personally enjoy more than Jesus is King, um, but still is able to kind of not align with Christian values, but more so you know has the message like, there. has the message there, and the entire record is is clean. There's no profanity, so. Yeah, no, definitely um, a long way um, and a roller coaster journey, just like, you know, with, with Ye expressing his uh, just like religious beliefs through his music um, came into the game with Jesus Walks. I, I don't think that was his first commercial single that like, you know, was playing on radio stations back when you needed radio records to, to pop. But it definitely was like, yo, like who the heck is this? Yo, like this, this dude can actually rap. And like, it's, yeah. it's very different than like what preceded it as far as just like, you know, records and songs that were popular back then. But um, yeah, definitely cool to see the the Christian themes and just Kanye being very honest, you know, about, you know, his spirituality and, you know, just where he's at in general. Um, but 
yeah, as far as like this track, um, I'm gonna sound like the negative Nancy out of the group, but like oh, we need I a little bit of that. Come on. I was about to say, like, I'm just I'm not feeling it, uh, to be real. Um, I will say this with like Vori, um, didn't really know who he was before this album. But um, yeah, that Houston sound is real. Uh that Houston sound is is real. And uh yeah, his melodies and just like his voice is is super dope. Uh definitely can can see him like yeah just his career kind of elevating from from here but overall um yeah just kind of repetitive um i mean the beat was okay to me production quality was you know okay for kanye sanders um but uh yeah this this track didn't really do much for me to be real so yeah i kind of like what harrison said of just the obviously the thematics will bring up as we go along but the that idea of just the christianity and stuff and it was kind of that juxtaposition with this song where it's a little bit more aggressive and just kind of like doesn't hit. It's not something you would ever hear in any church, you know, like it's a song that says God breathe and he's talking about, you know, following God and stuff, but it's not something that you would really hear in like a church setting, which is different from a lot of the other uh, more religious based songs on this album where you kind of hear those organs and you hear those elements that you would maybe hear in a church. This one's definitely like way off in its own little kind of hip hop verse. The next song you'll definitely not be hearing in church. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, let's just jump right to it then. Perfect segue off the grid. Another crazy production. Playboy Hard. Cardi and Fivio Foreign on this one. Uh, produced, produced by 30 Rock, who's also produced Stargazing by Travis Scott and The Box by Roddy Rich. So it kind of has that a lot more. The new age, whatever you want to call it now, SoundCloud rap. It's not even SoundCloud rap, but just kind of the new trap that's dominating everything with those much shorter songs, just really punchy, heavy bass and some sort of like synthy melody over top of it. And just kind of those verses that you're almost singing or rapping or I don't even know. So clearly both of you guys just said you love this song. I'll go start with Luke first. What do you think of Off The Grid? Yeah, no, this is definitely a banger uh, for sure. Definitely one of the better songs on this um, on this uh, on this album, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, man, Fabi went in. Uh, I, I didn't really expect expect much from uh fabio foreign um just like when they released the the features uh from the album but like he he bodied this verse and like made me respect him as a lyricist you know just obviously with the the new york drill um they're gonna have some bangers trap drums definitely gonna get you hyped you know trying to go out go to the club whatever whatever but um he will say some things, you know, on his verse. Um, and uh, yeah, that that made the record for me. Uh, I think with Cardi, um, I don't know. It, it's interesting. This this is definitely a hot take, but I think like Playboy Cardi, if he was actually saying stuff, he would be <laughs> very parallel or similar to like a Young Thug. Cause like Young Thug yeah. has like a similar diction, uh, but like Doug, like he'll say like, he's he says some things, you know what I'm saying? He has, he has If you bars. can understand it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Might have to hit up genius and, and, and read the lyrics a little bit. But uh, yeah, like honestly, though, like whenever he's like on a track for the most part, it still adds, you know, a, a lot to the overall song. So, um, yeah, this was just a hard record to be real. Definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, with me, um, I mean, I don't. I don't really listen to Playboy Cardi like that, but I will say there's a lot of things that he does that he just gets me hyped. So right in the first like 15 seconds, you just hear what? And right when you hear that, you already know what time it is. And this is where I just want to go into giving Kanye credit because 
I feel like Kanye is one of the few artists that even though he has an inflated ego and he, he definitely talks about it, he's aware of it. He also is the type of, yes, but he's also the type of person to be willing to work with so many different type of artists. Uh, I mean, Kanye was spitting over drill. I've never heard Kanye rap over a drill beat before, but he did really well over it. And to be able to see him work with artists like Playboy and, and Fabio um, and kind of be out of his typical range or not even that, but just be okay with working with artists that some people would think, you know, oh, these people are under Kanye. Why would he work with them? Um, to be able to kind of humble yourself and, and work with new artists um, between different albums is a testament to him. Uh, if you think about all of the different artists that he's worked with over the years, I mean, the man's worked with hundreds of different artists. So uh, I definitely love this song. This is a banger and definitely uh, replayability is, is 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah. And he, allows the artist to be themselves. Cause like we talked about, this feels like a playboy Cardi song almost with Kanye producing it, Kanye adding his touches. It's not the other way around. And there's so many other examples of that. Let's just jump right into the next one where hurricane, where that's like a weekend song with Kanye's added touch. It's not, you know, the other way around. So obviously anytime the weekend is on a hook, it's going to make the song better. Automatically raises the listenability. Um, Lil Baby's verse, kind of catchy, definitely not one of the best verses. I think Ye's uh, bars are a little bit better on this one. It kind of brings back that old braggy wordplay Kanye, you know, dropped out of school, but I'm the one that Yale. Just little things like that where he's kind of, you know, in your face talking about like being self-aware of how, you know, how awesome he is, but adding those little clever wordplays where you think like, oh, okay, cool, like he can still rap. And this is something that we didn't think would ever come back. You know, this was, um, I think, probably my favorite part of just the entire album is seeing Kanye, like at least try to go after bars again. Like, even if you said Luke that I'm sure, you know, he's got some help writing them, whatever, at least he's out there trying, he's going toe to toe with some of the best in the game at the moment and isn't scared to follow them. And, you know, he's not just singing the hooks or using auto tune here or there, or just humming behind a, his Sunday choir. He's actually trying to go for bars. And I think this is a good example of, going, you know, kind of the old classic Kanye where he has just a great hook that gets you in with somebody with the vocal talents of the weekend and then adding in his verses where it's a little bit more of that traditional verse chorus style. And I really like this song, I think, too, because of the weekend and also just, like I said, Kanye just dropping those bars. And I think my favorite one is everybody hurts, but I don't judge Reynolds, just that little classic wordplay of like, oh, I see what he did there. So it's those little moments <laughs> where you're like, ah, oh, I see what he did there. So what'd you guys think of this one? I'll let uh, Harrison go first. Cause I know you're the biggest Abel fan. I know. Hmm. I mean, anytime I hear the weekend on a feature, especially on a Kanye album, it just gives me chills. The man just sounds like a straight angel on this one <laughs> and uh, definitely brings his own touch to, to it. But uh, I also really enjoyed the little baby verse. I mean, little baby's probably one of those, you know, uh, popping rappers right now in, in the game the I feel like game. every yeah yeah and uh every every guest feature that he's been on he's been absolutely killing it um and i'm happy to see that with kanye i i obviously you know he has some bars in this one but for me i i really enjoy when kanye just does like kanye things and uh, just says some random things like on this one where he's like mm, 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 mm. you know he's just yeah he's not even really like making any sense but it's always those uh, con kanyeisms that let's just put it at that that really give uh, that expression towards his music and obviously it doesn't mean anything but to me it's just fun to like say that over and over yeah you um, feel it 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And again, with this one too, it, it, it's really cool. I, you know, I definitely don't listen to Christian rap um, or any type of rap music with Christian themes, uh, to be honest. But even with this one, if you really listen to the lyrics, especially in the chorus, uh, you know, hearing he, he's having the Kanye effect is having other artists kind of branch out and talk more about, you know, divinity, uh, life and death, God, um, thematics from the Bible, you know, with Abel and this one talking about walking on water. And so many of, of those, uh, things that are being said is obviously influenced from, from Kanye. And I just think that's a great thing when it comes to creating a project, you want to have uniformity throughout the album. If you're, Having guest features, obviously, they should be able to add something uh, lyrically, but also thematically as well. So it's nice to be able to see that cohesion so far throughout the the first four tracks. Yeah, and before you jump in, Luke, I think it was just not hilarious, but one of the most interesting parts of this song was, like you said, Harrison, just Abel singing about using his heavenly voice to sing, you know, about heavenly things. When we're so used to him just using that voice, and you're like, wait, is he talking about like? the crazy sexual escapades you just had last weekend or doing like cocaine on a private jet. And like, wait, these little 14 year olds are singing this song. Need a bitch, I'm gonna bitch me. <laughs> yeah, this man's singing about terrible things. Do we not realize what's going on here? So it's really interesting to see like, Oh, he actually like didn't cuss or anything or there's nothing hidden in this one. It's actually a very pure, no pun intended, a very pure verse. So go ahead, Luke. It's funny. So like you, you're kind of throwing a little bit of shade at a baby, um, which, you know, for me, um, Giannis Atetokounmpo is the best NBA player right now. He's the best player in the league right now. I think okay. very similar. Um, I think LeBron James is the best basketball player on the planet, but Giannis is the best player in the league. Uh, Lil Baby's the best rapper out, you know, um, in my personal opinion, just consistency, um, commercial units sold, and also just like reputation and um, yeah, just the quality of his music. So anytime I hear him, like, it's just like, all right, like this track is about to go in. Um, and, uh, yeah, definitely added a lot to me, uh, or for me on his verse. Um, I think it is also interesting too, with just like, yeah, like the artists were mad personal, you know what I'm saying? I feel like every artist or most of the artists that were featured on this, um, on this project got into their personal bag and kind of, you know, exposed themselves with, you know, a little bit of vulnerability, which, you know, I definitely appreciated and I think made for overall better content, um, and uh yeah i think lastly too like the weekend um sounded a very very much like a little um thursday vibes house of balloon vibes and like um everybody always is like yo like i miss the old xyz as far as like the music that you know artists produce um but uh yeah like there's just something about like that era you know 2009 2010 2011 when he was first yeah. popping um, that just kind of like I can resonate with looking back and just like hearing him on the course. Um, I was like, dang, yo, this sounds like the old Abel, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I don't know, it made, um, honestly, this track is probably my favorite, you know, on the entire record. Um, but uh, yeah, Baby was a dub, The Weeknd was a dub, and, you know, Kanye definitely, you know, went in, especially with like the ad libs, you're talking about that, Harrison. Um, but uh, yeah, this record was hard. Yeah, there's a lot of peaks and valleys on this album. I definitely think we all agree this is one of the higher, if not the highest peaks. Uh, so let's jump to the next one. Another one of, I think, I don't know how Harrison feels about this, but it's literally combining almost all of his favorite people. There's a Tame Impala reference. Travis Scott's on here with Kanye West, with a Mike Dean production. 
Uh, what'd you think of this one, Harrison? Cause I'll be honest. It's, I feel like it's like in like a middle era ish Travis Scott. Like it sounds like Travis Scott, but it's not like his best. And I was slightly disappointed. Cause anytime you bring like all those three things together of Tame Impala reference, Mike Dean, Travis Scott, and then you add in Kanye, I expected maybe too much of this one. Yeah, I, you know, I would have to agree with that. I mean, I still love this song, but I think Kanye ended up cutting out some of Travis's verse and also changing the reverb on a lot of his vocal effects. Um, if I remember correctly, like through the first listening party, it definitely does sound a lot different from this one. But I will say on this song in particular, Kanye drops my favorite line in the entire album where he says the devil, my op. And I just <laughs> never, ever thought that anyone would ever really say that. <laughs> um, but I just find it absolutely hilarious uh, that he, he ended up saying that line. And then obviously with Travis, as big of a Travis fan than I am, I feel like a lot of his guest verses recently slash songs have been kind of mid. So it kind of makes me nervous looking yeah. into utopia. I know Travis is trying to, figure out a new sound, maybe play around with different type of flows and stuff. But a lot of it just hasn't been working for me. Um, but again, Kanye working with another hot rapper and baby Keem. It's a big week for baby Keem. He just had a song with Kendrick and now he has a song with Kanye. Not, you know, not too many artists could, could say that, that they had uh, both of that in the same week. Um, in terms of baby Keem's verse though, I, I have no idea what the man was saying throughout his verse. <laughs> um, it was almost like he was starting a thought, but wasn't able to complete the thought. And um, if it was just for the vibe, you know, I, I like it. Uh, I'm bumping my head to it. But the more that I listen to what he's trying to say, it's just the more lost. It's too much of a. It, you just get so lost in the sauce, just reading the lyrics or even trying to figure out where he's going. So overall, I, I do like the song, but um, with the features with the topic matter and i love that amazing intro like that was a great intro i would have liked the song to be a lot harder hmm. hey yeah no it sounds like you're not it didn't do it for you the track i mean it's uh also a bump to it but it's definitely not one of my favorite ones on there for sure yeah no nah, um i did think of y'all uh when i heard the Tame Impala name drop. I was like, dang, um, appreciate y'all for putting me on to, to Tame Impala. Changed my life. Um, but no, nah, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel like, man, like, yeah, no, I think Baby Keem is definitely on the come up. You know, I know you weren't very, yeah, his verse didn't do much for you. Um, but I think like, kind of like looking, taking like a, a bigger look at it, like West Coast hip hop, as far as like, yeah, the artists that they have coming out or that are popping as far as like young artists um, might be the future of, of rap, you know? Uh, I think Baby Keem is about to skyrocket uh, into superstardom. I think, you know, Roddy's already there looking forward to his next next project. Uh, dude um, that just signed with TDE, his name is Ray Vaughn. Um, super, super, super talented. So um, I think Baby Keem is like a part of this next wave of, just young West coast artists that are really about to, you know, wreak havoc on the rap game. But um, yeah, I think his verse carried this song definitely wasn't, wasn't one of my favorite songs on this uh, project, but um, I just think his sound is so unique. Uh, I think he's um, clever. I think, uh, you know, he's, he's just 
one of one. He's in a class of his own um, and just kind of like coming off the family ties video drop, the song drop, which honestly might have been the best rap video I've seen in a very, very, very long time. Um, yeah, I just feel like Baby Keem carried this record. And I think his his verse was enough to make it respectable in my eyes. So uh, I just want to take us on a side existential track real fast, because Harrison mentioned that his favorite line is the devil is not my op in this verse. There's a lot of references. My dad and I were talking about this because my brother put him onto the album and he's actually been going through it, which was cool. But him and I were talking about that. There's a lot of references and Kanye does this throughout his entire career to the devil. And it just made me think of, because obviously there's so many different ways to believe in the devil, not believe in the devil, whatever, depending on your religious background. The, do we think that his references to the devil, like calling him an op or whatever, do you think he's talking more about when Kanye does it, his inner struggles, kind of those inner demons or is Kanye the kind of guy who puts it all out and like the devil is an actual, you know, exterior thing where he feels like maybe the past mistakes he's made or the things that have gone bad in his career is kind of something else because he's on, he puts himself on such a pedestal. He's so high up that he kind of views the devil in that more traditional sense of this actual evil being that's trying to bring him down. Or is he being a little bit more introspective here, which maybe I'm being naive and thinking that the way he's thinking of, Oh, these are my past mistakes. These are, where I'm at now, finding this new religious freedom, finding this new way to be a better Kanye West. Is that something that's kind of, he's talking about all those devil references are an inner struggle or does he think of it as kind of an exterior thing? Go to Luke first. I think it's, I'm not trying to take the easy way out, but definitely uh, a little bit of both in my eyes with this. I think, um, yeah, Kanye has always been super introspective and, you know, tell it like it is, but I think it's uh, and like we'll talk about this later with like a few different songs that that are coming up. But like I think he's realizing just like the depravity of like man's heart, not just his, uh, but just like all of humankind um, and just kind of like there's there's contradictions with like what he knows, what he knows is good versus like what his heart is naturally inclined to, to thinking or the convictions that um, are, are common as far as like things that he's feeling. And it's very it's just opposite of what his heart should be or, or as far as like his heart's posture. So I think like that is just like the enemy, uh, kind of like demonic type of, of, uh, depositions, but also at the same time, it's like, yeah, like I, I feel like yay's, you know, expressing the fact that the devil is, you know, a real entity. Uh, and I feel like most, you know, Christians, Christ followers, followers of Jesus, however you want to equate it would, you know, say the same thing. So I just feel like that is kind of just Kanye really maturing in his, you know, journey with Jesus and just, I don't know, really, you know, taking a look uh, in the mirror and also, you know, um, God putting, you know, thoughts and, and feelings on his heart and uh, yeah, him just walking through that. So. Yeah, for sure. Harrison, you have any thoughts on that one? I know it's kind of a sidetrack. I just yeah, in your life. I, I actually, I actually do. Uh, a lot of times I, I, I really did actually think about this line. Um, one, because it's funny, but two, I think when Kanye talks about the devil, he's also referring to a lot of his enemies. And in terms of his adversary slash enemies, I feel like Kanye is the type of person that obviously, you know, keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer in terms of him having to deal with the press or always being paranoid about there's people out there trying to take him and his family down take his money away um 
And that's why you see, you know, Kanye with these bipolar tendencies, sometimes like he's friendly to somebody like Jay-Z and then all of a sudden he flips out on Jay-Z. He's friendly to Chance and then he flips out on Chance, you know, uh, you know, with Virgil, it, Don C. I mean, all the people that were in his group, he's obviously friends with them. But at the end of the day, I think he also kind of views them in a way with distance because the trust isn't fully there. And even though those are the people that are the closest to him, if you think about the people even further back, um, I think those things keep him up at night. And that's why when he's talking about the devil, I think looking internally, he's definitely referring to like an actual devil, but also referring to the people that um, are constantly trying to take him down in his imagination. Yeah. No, I really like that thought. So I think one of the other things about, we'll jump to the next song here in Jonah. One of the things about this album that is like the one of the few things that's missing. Cause I really liked it more than some of the reviews. I think it has like a 50 something on Metacritic. So it's been kind of, you know, in the middle tier that one of the things you can point out that it doesn't do very well is because there's so many songs, it doesn't flow from one song to the next all that well sometimes. And this is a great example of that where praise God's kind of, you know, that Travis, that new age, um, kind of a little bit more in your face, that type of production then goes right into Jonah, which is a little bit more calmer and a little bit more laid back. So it's one that is the return of Vori again. And I think it's kind of just maybe, I don't know where you would fit it in Kanye West era. It gave me kind of life of Pablo vibes, but I just really like little Dirk's on it as well. I just really like the hook on this one. And that was pretty much it for me. Like, like the hook it was a little bit more chill. What'd you guys think of this one? Go to Harrison. Um, a couple of things I like about the song. Number one, there's this little beeping in the back, uh, in between the verses. And it kind of reminds me of, I forgot what song it was on 808 and heartbreaks, but, uh, definitely reminiscent of that. The song is very 808 and heartbreaks esque in my opinion, but I do really like little Dirk's verse. Um, I feel like Dirk, again, like, like little baby. I mean, they had a project together, uh, is somebody that has been popping off a lot recently. He's one of my personal favorites and, um, I, I, you know, I like the fact that he said, you know, Kanye and Jay still brothers, they're both billionaires and we ain't seen that. I lost my brother when we was millionaire. So Dirk's just been losing a lot of people close to him. Um, and it's, it's nice to be able to see him express that, uh, vulnerability, but I, I will say with this song, one of two things, one, this is definitely one of the more soulful, uh, tracks just because of Boris performance. But the more that I listen to this album, at this point when I'm getting in and even further along, it starts to feel like this album in particular is more of an album that is meant to showcase all the hot artists in the game right now and not really much so uh, Kanye West. And I understand this is his 10th album um, going in and he's put out so much fantastic work, but... I don't know if it's him, you know, being tired of, of writing long verses or using like the full extent of his lyrical ability. Uh, I just feel like at this point, I miss hearing more of Kanye. I mean, perfectly said uh, as far as just like Ye's overall performance. Um, and like, mind you, you know, a lot of songs on this, on this record, on this album, but uh yeah, so like there should be, you know, a few slappers. Um, but uh, I definitely feel like it was kind of like, yo, like I'm going to like set you up, you know, kind of point garden and 
quarterback in and assist in the, the features that kind of do their thing and, and shine uh, more than more than yay for for most of the records. But yeah, this track, um, Durkio, yeah, Lil Durk, um, yeah, I just I feel like he definitely carried um, the the song. Um, I feel like yeah, just his overall impact on hip hop, just not rap music, but rap culture and then going deeper than that black culture um has has been kind of yeah significant over the past few years i think a lot of negativity just with you know shootings and um violence and so on and so forth with you know a lot of artists you know dying um really really talented artists you know more notably king vaughn just like o block chicago um but uh yeah little dirk has been through a lot um and uh i feel like kind of like as he has like hit adversity as far as just like being thrown on in his personal life like he's like used that adver- adversity to kind of like propel him into to new heights into the the rap game um and it's cool to you know see his come up you know really um you know he was gonna be on certified lover boy um which you know is dropping tomorrow um and uh yeah is on this project too so um yeah it's just cool to see that growth you know when chief keep was the first dude out of o block you know back in you know 2012 2013 so uh yeah Dirkio has uh definitely won the the game of longevity and i felt like that he proved that on this this record here yeah that's a great point about just that chicago influence especially like the the newer group of Chicago that was led by Chief Keep. Now we can jump to the next one. Okay, okay. I don't know why, but this little Yachty's on it on the first one. Ruga's on it. It's a Boy Wanda production or co-production at least who's done a lot of Drake and Eminem. And it has a cool stomping beat for whatever reason though. I just keep skipping the song every time it comes up. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Um, The song could be a skip, but sometimes I actually like listening to it only because I'm actually surprised by Lil Yachty's performance. Um, it kind of reminds me of the fact that there's some artists that normally when they get on a Kanye album, they give like the greatest verse that they've ever given. And so I feel like for Yachty, this <laughs> might be his greatest verse that I've ever listened from him. Um, kind of similar to, you know, Nikki's best, greatest verse was, and Ross's uh, best verse were all on the same, uh, same album on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And uh, I feel like Kanye did it again with Yachty this time. So that, that's the only reason that I give it a listen because I know the man's actually like putting in his all, um, which to a lot of people isn't a lot, but it, it's nice to see like somebody give that effort. You know, when you're working with somebody like Kanye West, you can't really play around. You got to give it your, your best shot. And so, um, so this song's all right, but sometimes skip, sometimes I listen to it. Yeah, I feel like this song is, you know, subpar, uh, but yeah, Lobo. He came through uh, for me as well. Um, first of all, pay homage to Juice World. R.I.P. Uh, Love the uh, moment of silence. R.I.P. to Juice uh, bar that he had in there. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like Yachty too. And like, you know, let me know if y'all agree or disagree with me. I feel like um, he's been like an artist or a rapper that has like stayed in his lane and like he's kind of like maximizing kind of like his sound his style his swag his artistry um and i think like that's benefited him um i'm not keen on just like touring numbers and and streaming numbers this and the third but 
I feel like, you know, when I look at videos and like read, you know, reviews about like festivals and tours, like Yachty's always showing now. I feel like he, yeah, he does well, like on tour. I feel like he has, you know, very niche, but loyal fan base. And, uh, yeah. Uh, after, uh, him and Joe Budden, uh, going at it a few years ago on everyday struggle, Joe Budden trying to call him out talking about, he's not, you know, a real rapper or he should know more about the industry or, or whatnot. I feel like, yeah, Yadi has definitely carved out a nice little lane and I don't think he's a terrible rapper either. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely felt like Yachty came through on this track. Um, but overall, um, yeah, it was, yeah, decent, you know, nothing special. So. Yeah. And when you're talking about that, it's kind of, cause you're talking about that like longevity of little Dirk and stuff and how some of these younger guys are going to be around forever. And that's something that Jay-Z talks about all the time. You know, he doesn't want to just be the trend. He doesn't want to be, what's trendy right now, he wants to be forever and mm-hmm. he wants his content to be forever, his art to be forever. And Lil Yachty is definitely one where I think like, are we going to remember who Lil Yachty was for, you know, like 10 years from now? And that's when I like kind of go back and forth on like, I kind of not trying to like obviously rag on the dude, but cause he's got some hits and some bangers. And like you said, he's been doing really well staying in his lane, but it makes you think of like in 10 years, am I going to think of Lil Yachty's like, Oh, he had good stuff. Or am I going to think of just, you know, that one song here, they're like, oh yeah, that was Lil Yachty. So it's interesting because there's so many of those people on this album of that type where they're kind of coming up, they've already made it, but there's still potential to go further. And you wonder how many will look back on this album in 10 years and how many of these features are going to be people like, oh my God, he got them on the album. This guy was on the album. Or is it going to be like, oh, I don't even remember that blah, blah, blah was on the album. Another perfect example of that is the next one in junior with Playboy Cardi returns again and it's a short song it's you know kind of that classic style two minutes or so is which is the common theme nowadays but i think this one's a bop and i think it's just the uh just kanye shouting like the junior watson nami on my re and it's just like the little words were like we said before they're not even real words but it just has so much feeling to it the way that only he can do it just those ad-libs and the heavy bass in the background and obviously shout out to junior watanabe which i didn't even know was one of the co um head guys and he does like fashion shows in Paris uh, from Japan. I had no idea that Comme des Garçons was even a Tokyo brand and how much influence this guy has. And apparently he's like very reclusive and doesn't show it, but it leads, of course, you know, to Kanye West branching into that uh, fashion world, what he's been doing for so long and just kind of having those influences of people you would never expect Kanye to have influences from, you know, 20 years ago that, Hey, there's going to be some 60 year old legendary Tokyo reclusive fashion designer who's going to inspire you to write a really catchy hook in 20 years. So I think that was the coolest part about this song. What'd you guys think? Harrison, you can go first. I like the song, um, but I also don't like the song for a couple of reasons. Number one, I like the chorus. Um, I think it's really catchy sometimes throughout the day, just randomly out of nowhere. I, I just get like those words echoing through my brain. And so it forces me to say it out loud. Junior wants to not be on my wrist. Um, but so in term, it, it is, it is, but I think this is one of the problems of the album, um, because it was worked on so strangely with its rollout, uh, the mixing on this album, or I'm sorry, not the album, I'm sorry, the mixing on and mastering on the song is a little strange for me. Um, I think whoever engineered the song could have used a little bit more time. Uh, also 
I think going back to what I said earlier for off the grid, uh, really surprised with, you know, Kanye on drill, um, doing a drill beat. With this song in particular, it's more of like a Playboy Cardi vibe. I don't think it really works for Kanye, in my opinion, um, throughout the whole song. And so with this song and kind of like the thematic of the album, I think it's all about moments. And and there's moments on the record that are really good. Um, But there's also some other ones that are a little cringeworthy slash um, forgettable. And, And so I think this song in particular definitely has both of those qualities kind of like going off of what you were saying Harrison just like this album the overall issues I think like one of the bigger you know um I don't know negative things about this album is just like the fact that it kind of drags on um I feel like it was like 10 to 12 maybe 14 songs like arranged correctly and sequenced correctly like this could be like a certified classic but um this is just like one of those songs that just like I don't know, for me, just sounds kind of like slapped in, you know, um, the album. I don't think it, you know, yeah, it wasn't really spent like that catchy chorus, um, you know, nice little theme with, you know, the Junior Watanabe designer uh, out in Japan. So, like, I get all of that. But overall, it's just like, yeah, I, I just wasn't really rocking with it, to be real. So we'll go on to the next one. Believe what I say, obviously a bold choice. This is classic Kanye West sampling an older song, but not just, you know, he's very known for sampling something that's very low key. Or you're like, what the heck even was that song that only he would find? But this one, he goes really bold, samples doo-wop parenthetically. Of course, That Thing by Lauren Hill off the legendary album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill which is a song that so many people know and be able to turn that into something else is something that only Kanye West can do. And I don't think he turns this into, you know, a banger. This isn't going to be a song that we remember really for a long time of classic Kanye West, but I do admire the boldness that he took of sampling that song to throw it into this. And then also, of course, you got to shout out to Buju Banton, the dancehall Jamaican legend who has some influences and some features on this song as well. And just, it's kind of, I think, loses itself a little bit in the more spoken word parts of it. If, you know, he had Buju maybe like sing the hook or something else, there's, or use, you know, a little bit more of the recognizable elements of doo-wop, the Lauren Hill song, that it might have taken this one to the next level. But for me, it just kind of has some cool elements, but those elements didn't create what I think it, the potential was there for. So what do you think, Luke? It's okay, you can leave the sirens in. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, it's fine. My fault. Yeah, no, you're good. I'm just adding to it because I think it's funny. Um, (laughs) Nah, yeah, my headphones are charging. Um, So sorry about that. But uh, now I was like grooving it to myself because I'm just thinking that thing, that thing, that thing. Um, Just singing that chorus in my head. Yeah, exactly. El Buggy. Um, To the the listeners, sorry for making y'all listen to my terrible voice. Um, but no, nah, I, I feel like, yeah, this was definitely a, I know it was expensive sampling, uh, this, this song, True. um, but, uh, no, nah, yeah, I, I definitely rocked with, um, the record. I thought it was cool. I thought it sounded good. Um, Kanye has mentioned Lauren Hill multiple times, uh, through, you know, different projects he's created in the past, but I was actually, uh, listening to, I forget what I was listening to, um, which is like the only negative, 
uh, aspect of this song to me, or it kind of like formulated a, a negative opinion. So apparently, and like you guys can check me if I'm wrong, but uh, Lauren Hill, um, Miseducation of Lauren Hill, which is where this song is coming from, uh, that project, I think she released in 98, 1998. Um, she stole most of like the music. Uh, I don't know from who, but apparently like she stole most, most of the music uh, from that album. And uh, obviously it was like a classic is a classic. Um, and uh, this is like another just tidbit, but like she oftentimes would like show up on sets like two hours, two and a half hours late, um, which I don't know, kind of like made me upset and I was like yo Lauren Hill like super dope like was woke back when woke was a thing and like created real music and could sing could spit the Fugees um so yeah like you know definitely like vibed out to this song uh but like that was like circulating in the back of my head I was I was listening to it the first time um but uh, there's a lot of that on this album with all the problematic people yeah. even starting with Kanye West where you kind of get those vibes. That's real. That's real. Uh, but uh, the record in and of itself is hard uh, to me. Um, nice little vibe. Rock with it. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a fun, it's a fun song for sure. Definitely late registration vibes on this one. Um, if we go into the lyrics a little bit, I guess this is where Kanye is also confusing with like his thematics um when he has that line talking about like throat coat for the throat goats uh for a guy that always you know especially over the past couple years has been like perpetuating his like values on christianity and is, like preaching about god I don't, I don't know if god would be like happy hearing that line um but it, it also just kind of goes to show that you know, that part of Kanye is still there. I, I, I wish this album, you know, now, now that we're like closer to the halfway mark, this song would have been amazing if they're like what Luke had said earlier, if there was like more cohesion to the album and we had just cut a couple of songs um, because this would have been like a really nice little halfway point. But if you were to look at this song and compare it with the other songs, I mean, it, it doesn't really like go together at all, uh, which is a bummer because this is a great song. Uh, a great standalone song, I think, in my opinion. But uh, I kind of wish there were a little bit more of these type of songs throughout the album just to be able to uh, give it give it a more of a, a favorable listen um, throughout the entire uh, 27 track list. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And then we'll go jump to the next one. Like you said, this kind of that disjointedness where he throws in a few of these now with 24. It's kind of like the first just Sunday service choir, a little bit, what could be like an interlude, but he adds a little bit too much to it where it almost becomes like it's standalone song. You know, it's classic Kanye autotune back on it. And it's like the Jesus is King era, which sounds really cool by itself. But to me, it just feels like a little bit misplaced where if it was shorter, I could like vibe with it. Or the fact that maybe I just get them lost with the, the two or three that are on here in this way. So I don't know what you guys thought of those. You can kind of put them as a whole, just kind of the little Sunday service choir interludes that he throws back in here, the Jesus is King vibes. What did you think, Luke? Yeah, man. Uh, rest in peace, Kobe Bean. Um, like the title, obviously. But I think, uh, yeah, this sounds like church. You know, we were talking about that. Um, we've been mentioning just like the thematics of just like 
God, Jesus, the gospel, and just like Christian themes throughout the entire project. But no, like take it from somebody who um, is a product of Nigerian parents who grew up in the church. You know what I'm saying? Like went to church Monday, Wednesday, Sunday, three times a week. Um, yeah, this sounds like worship. Um, and I, 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 I rock with it. You know, um, definitely like unique as far as just, again, the placement and just, yeah, just like the overall like sequencing, sequencing of like the record in and of itself and, you know, where it's at, uh, like as far as like the entire project. But yeah, I thought it was like a uplifting uh, the Sunday service choir, like really added a lot to me. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought it sounded good. It's just, again, like Kanye's mind that's. Yeah, we can't understand that crap. Yeah, it's like, different. Uh, so I, I think that is expressed heavily in this song. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, I mean, this is a nice song, but again, it kind of goes, you know, like Luke said, no scattershot from Kanye's mind. And in my opinion, I think I do enjoy it, but it, it might have been better to be, have been cut for the purpose of like cohesiveness throughout the track. Um, also just want to bring in the fact that, you know, the, the name of this album is, has changed a few times. And when he finally settled on Donda, um, how many songs are we, are we through? I think this is like track number 11. There's not much like of Kanye actually speaking out about his mom or kind of like her influence so far. Uh, I mean, I know the original listening parties, there was a lot of, uh, vocals or not vocals, but a lot of like tracks laid out with her voice and, and, and so far in the album, we haven't really been able to like hear or, you know, uh, understand the thematic behind the album yet, in, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, moving into the next couple of tracks, while the next three are definitely some of my favorite ones in the album, um, this is where the, the, the track listing as well as like the, the time just kind of drags on a little bit in terms of like album cohesion. Yeah, and I completely agree because the contradiction to the next one in Remote Control is a Young Thug song and was apparently supposed to have Soldier Boy on it, but his verse got cut, allegedly, if we can believe whatever that man is saying. As he was tight, too, about that, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of where hey, this man, one he said Rick and, He said Rick and Morty is better than Donda. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, Rick and Morty is a classic TV show and very well written, but... Just I don't know. It's just anything coming from Soldier Boy just always seems so petty to me. It's like, I mean, he's done a good job of staying relevant. I don't know how because his come up was when we were all in like sixth and seventh grade. Yo, <laughs> and that song is still an iconic song. Anytime it comes on, like people will know it. But I don't know. There's just something about this song. And then too, like going back to Young Thug, who actually did make the cut, makes it on the album. Like you were talking about, Luke, where he actually says some stuff. I thought this was a good example of Young Thug, you know, actually saying some stuff and you can kind of hear what he's saying. So this one doesn't really stick with me too much. But the one cool part, though, which I just read about, that's not like I heard it, was it samples an extract apparently from an animated film in 2012, which is like Strawinsky in the Mysterious House, which is clearly something Kanye would just watch, like one of his kids was watching and he probably heard a noise and was like, Oh, I could do something with that. And I don't even know where it is on the song. I have to look it up, but just that kind of like who, what other artists would have that as a listed sample? Like you were talking about Luke, where he pays the big bucks to get, um, do op that thing on the record. And then he did whatever to sample an animated film that no one's ever heard of. It's just kind of Kanye West in a nutshell. But what'd you think of this one? Luke can go first. Yeah. Nah, man. Uh, first of all, shout out to big Draco, man. Soldier boy. 
um, my spirit animal. I feel like he's always acting out and cutting up on social media and it just makes for <laughs> yeah, scrolling um on Instagram or Twitter at 9 a.m. or 9 p.m. excuse me, very worth it because he's always putting out some quality entertaining content. Um but um yeah man Thugger he yeah he'd be saying some stuff man. I I I feel like um when he first came out years ago I was like man like who's this dude like fake Lil Wayne like I think he was like I don't know if he was signed to Young Money, Cash Money, uh, but I know like Birdman was kind of grooming him to be like a Lil Wayne as far as just like, you know, same style, like braids, kind of had that rock star mentality um, back when they were beefing Wayne and, and Birdman. But yeah, like Doug has grown on me a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he's like ushered in a new sound and also is responsible for, yeah, bringing in a, a decent group of artists just from like the Atlanta area, obviously little baby, but um, yeah, I, I like this song. Um, I think Duggar's verse was definitely the, the highlight of the song. Um, and again, like I'll just double down on my take. Um, like Cardi playboy Cardi is what, um, if he was actually saying some stuff, if he was actually rapping or if he actually had like a respectable amount of, I don't know, lyrical ability, I think he would be a, a, a very similar kind of rapper to, to Young Thug, but I feel like that's what he wishes he could be, no shade to Cardi, but um, yeah, I feel like Thugger was uh, the highlight of this song. Yeah, uh, Thug is, I agree, definitely got to agree with Luke. Um, he definitely has some really funny lines in this one. I think the, the opening line is something like, I, I owe you a load, I live on the Titanic, I could rock your boat. And, and obviously this comes right after 24. So it's just like, again, just really funny, the juxtaposition between Kanye's mind of being a, a, a man of Christian faith and then also having, uh, you know, guest features on, on his rap, um, kind of be an extension of, of his thought in terms of like sex and, uh, um, you know, his partners. Uh, but with this one in particular, uh i think this like in my opinion this is probably like the most meme slash like social media ish song with like the whistling the the outro with like the gabaloo gabadoo at the end um and it's very tiktok you're saying yeah yeah i could definitely see this you know popping off on socials um but i i do really enjoy this song and uh the course is really catchy as well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.